Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, 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 and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And in today's episode, we're covering Minute 58 of the movie, The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, the kids attempt to flee the Buckner lands through the tunnel, but unfortunately are met with failure as it collapses. Dun, 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 dun. So last minute, uh, we ended with Lynn, who was poking her nose up into the control room when she had been cut off by the guys to be like, yo, 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 we don't need a recap about how the whole world's going to end if we don't do our job. But of course, she leaves her post anyway and runs up on the control room. And so we start this minute with her running in and being like, what is going on? Why hasn't the tunnel blown? And her voice kind of cracks, too. She sounds like really upset, like mom mom yelling at me upset and it kind of disturbed me a little bit so mm. that's how i got triggered by lynn in the beginning oh, wow. of this minute. <laughs> voice cracking and upset so that is where we start this this fine minute 58 gotcha yeah i was kind of thinking about her being in a um not scrubs what do you call it like lab coat mm. i was thinking like if you know how it's been quite a while since we've talked about the interesting people stories, but um, the person <laughs> of interest show, uh, Brian and I, when we were watching it, you know, kind of binging it, we were talking about how fun it would be to just like be talking on a cell phone and then mm -hmm. walk by a garbage can and break it in half and throw it in the can <laughs> because they do that so much in that show <laughs> they really do those people have ruined a serious amount of electronics over the course of, of filming that and this is just a side note and, yes. and i'm putting this out here that i would love to do a a special Persons of Interest episode with you, Heidi, because um, upon Heidi's recommendation, my husband and I did actually binge the whole thing. We did complete it. I have that under my belt. Wow. I can get my Girl Scout patch to say that I finished Persons of Interest. And so I've been been dying to talk with you about that. But yeah, I, I really see now, having seen the whole thing, um, just how totally spot on of a recommendation it was in connection to this and and how much of a heavy surveillance theme it has and artificial intelligence too and yeah 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 i'm totally down with that we can maybe do that like after we wrap or something <laughs> we can, like, mm -hmm. right we can uh, hole up in a cabin and um like just do a special special person of interest one totally we can fun. do like one of those it's a special day with heidi and molly and we get together <laughs> Talk about persons of interest, but yeah, it's 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 totally worth it. So yeah, it's was fabulous. But anywho, anywho you are right. So, yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. So what I was thinking of with her running around it with the um, lab coat on is that I wonder if you just feel something something like you're really important if you've got a lab coat on. You know, like mm. like it kind of reminds me of when you see commercials for somebody that's talking about like uh, health, you know, or taking mm -hmm. a new medication. They're trying to shill <laughs> something and they've got like a, a lab coat on and a, there's a, a sense of authority, you know even though they're not a they don't even say like 
you know, actor portrayal, you know, like, well, then why the fuck are they there telling me about this medication? Because even though we know it's an actor portrayal, like there's something about that lab coat that makes us feel like what they're saying has more weight or something. Right. Because otherwise it's just another schmo telling you about Viagra or Cialis. And she, you know, the gravity of wearing the coat. It's funny you mentioned that because actually in medical, graduate medical education, mm -hmm. they have what they call a coding ceremony. And it typically happens very early on in the education in that it's the idea is meant to inspire them that you're going to be a doctor. So everybody gets the white coat so they can try that role on and, and really start to inhabit it. So you're right. There is this very symbol in our society, not only because that's like, it's science. I have a lab coat on it's science and I'm an intelligent person and I am a knowledgeable person. And, you know, it's supposed to be supportive. It's why they, you know, it's become a symbol of, of, you know, not getting like gross stuff on themselves, which is what the coat's supposed to kind of do is to protect their clothes, but also that symbol of I'm a knowledgeable, caring, thoughtful person who's not going to kill you with my advice. So all of that is, is built in. And it's kind of interesting that she has that, that automatic, like shorthand, you know, we talk about tropes and there's in these, especially in the, this week of minutes, there's, there's just loads of tropes, but that's another one that is, is a really excellent point to say her rushing around with a high level of importance with a white coat on with some really spot on flat ironed hair, I have to say, <laughs> looking like fly and like, just I'm, I'm here with important information and I need to know what's going on. All of that just supports uh, that she's somebody who knows what the fuck's up. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm there. I'm, I'm totally with Lynn. I'm, I'll, I'll follow her. <laughs> but I'll follow Amy, Root, I was going to say, Amy Acker plays some really fantastic parts, and Root is definitely one of them. So, yeah, well, yeah. stay tuned for a future episode just about <laughs> uh, interesting people show <laughs> or interesting yeah. people stories. <laughs> but back to these interesting people. Let's go back to them, shall we? Yes. So they have this really interesting large monitor. And so you can see the Rambler going into the tunnel. Then we flip out. We flip out. We cut to the kids who are like in the Rambler who are trying to get through the tunnel. And it kind of runs into the side of the tunnel and there's like some sparks and they're like, ah, yeah. you know, they're they're kind of freaking out and going fast and, and trying to, to, to get out. Uh, and then we have this really, you know, excellent close-up of Sitterson with two exposed wires together trying to cause the spark, meaning that he's finally dug into the, the guts of the, I mean, is this like demolition basically that he was at? Like is it electrics or demolition? Yeah. Or they call these, those, like, the people who are cast in that room that he's in are called the demo you know, the demo team. Mm, so yeah. That's right. You got it. The slow people eating Danish <laughs> who been doing check shit. <laughs> so yeah, he's at, uh, he's at demo and then he, whoop, you know, like sparks it up. 
that's it. That's the the spark that they need to be able to to cause the explosion in the tunnel. Right. And it it I think what the first time I saw the movie, I probably just thought it happened like right at the entrance. So they didn't even get in. But but, you know, now watching it again and again, it's like, oh, no, they're actually they've entered the ten- tunnel. Like you said, they s- kind of scrape the side of it. And then so Kurt mm-hmm. has to do some great driving and, you know, backing backing that ass up <laughs> back in the rambler up <laughs> um out of that thing and then yeah then they're just left with a tunnel that looks looks full of uh full of rocks and shit mm-hmm. rocks and shit rocks and shit <laughs> yeah it's cool it's yeah. a nice action nice action shot uh the whole thing the way it's the whole thing shot is very tense and exciting and um yeah i guess it could have been that it fell on them like if they hadn't backed out successfully they could have gotten trapped in there that would have been a whole nother situation right and of course there's another element here which you know if you've seen the movie which you know as jonathan pointed out before if you haven't seen the movie you're listening to this you're insane but there's another element that's in the rambler that we haven't seen yet that we we will catch here in a future minute so they're not entirely right. alone but yeah that was kind of the thought that i had in watching it this time of right what would have happened if the rock would have just collapsed in on them and they just would have been in the rambler are the the other zombies going to like shamble up and dig them out and kill them or are they just gonna starve to death in suffocate there or what's gonna or... oh right yeah or suffocate start or start eating each you know. other <laughs> they become <laughs> the cannibals and... <laughs> i love how you turn to cannibalism <laughs> we haven't really been seeing them eat uh, right they've been drinking beer have we seen them eat? no the yeah, I don't think I we mean, have. We've watched no. Citizen and Hadley eat popcorn and sun chips and be snacking the whole time. But these guys, <laughs> they could be, you know, hungry faster than we might expect. They've been burning a lot of calories running around. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had folks kind of get in various states of undress and they've drank beer. They've survived off of beer and weed and, and nudity so far. And they haven't actually they haven't eaten anything. So no sandwiches, no nothing. I would have totally eaten a sandwich by now. But anyway, I would have I would have been stress eating and stress <laughs> <around more. laughs> Oh my god! I totally would have been eating. Like I'm like, does anyone have any fried chicken, please? <laughs> oh my god! Not related to fried chicken at all. But I was kind of curious about you know there was an explosion here. So I I, I can't say if this was a legit old school pyrotechnics effect or if this was uh, a visual effects and effect and perhaps it was a, a mix of both but i got rather curious about pyrotechnicians and and if you know who might have you know rigged this to blow and what that might have looked like in my travels of research i did find when i looked it up it was kind of interesting that pyrotechnical pyrotechnical companies um end up 
rolling a lot of different surfaces into one house. So they'll do mm. like bullet squibs. So the little explosions, you know, when, when folks get shot in TV and film and it makes this little explosion. And they also have fog services and fake snow and rain. So they're like also weather services and then also, you know, massive explosions. So all that seems to go under you know, one big roof. That must be so. a big roof if there's weather services under it. <laughs> Seriously. For, that's like the biggest roof. So that was kind of, I wouldn't have thought necessarily that um, weatherman shit would go under pyrotechnics and a pyrotechnic house, but apparently it does. So uh, I did look online to just play like, oh, what's the story with, with, with pyro folks? There's a, there was a really great article that I'm going to post up in our notes, so you'll get to, to read the whole whole jam, but I'm gonna gonna read a little bit of it from you know some of the highlights I thought were interesting. So the first thing is is that if you want to be a pyrotechnics professional, it's tightly regulated. Um, so before pr- apprentices can handle explosives, they must log two years with a pyro effects company. They must also pass a written exam and a criminal record check conducted by the state fire marshal's office, which licensed pyrotechnicians. So you actually have to be a licensed professional. So to get a first-class pyro license in overseas stunts, it takes another two years, another written exam, and an effects demonstration in front of a state fire inspector. So as of 1999, there were 190 people, almost all of them men, who were registered in California as first-class pyrotechnicians. So that's part of their jam. And they use gunpowder, electronic detonators, and even plastic explosives. And they are required to have licenses from the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms to buy their supplies from especially licensed shops. And any production sequence with fire, even down to an interior scene with one candle, requires a pyro permit from the local fire department, according to state law. Well, that sounds like some good regulation for safety there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's a it seems reasonable to not just allow people to blow shit up. Yeah. <laughs> without some type of regulation. So I'm really glad that somebody, you know, thought to do that. This is a little bit on the sadder side, but there hasn't been a fatality in in many years. The most recent large-scale pyro disaster was in 1982 during the filming of Twilight Zone, the movie, when a special effects explosion blew the tail rotor off a helicopter, causing it to crash into actor Vic Morrow and two children, killing all three. Yeah, that's kind of... For people who are familiar with those kind of horror and genre films, I think that's one of those kind of uh, stories that people are familiar with. It's it's a a sad tale. Yeah, yeah, it's a it seems like a sad way to go. So, yeah. So that was what those are some of the highlights that uh, I picked up out of out of being if you have a desire to professionally blow shit up, you do have to, you know, do some education and you do have to work with some folks and apprentice and do all that like I said. And uh once you're you know, you're in like Flynn, then you're looking at, you know, a couple hundred grand a year. Yeah, so. no, that's cool. It's it's you know, I think I think back sometimes to when I was a kid (laughs) and, you know, hopefully people around you are giving you, you know, positive, uplifting advice and things and saying like, you could be whatever you want to be, you know, but, but Mm. I hope these days people understand that there's so many options. You know, I I think when you're a kid, you think, oh, okay, well, I'll be a firefighter or I'll be an actress or I'll be, 
you know, whatever, I'll be the president, I'll be whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think, or like I remember Brian saying if he'd ever seen, you know, the variety of, of types of people that do weightlifting, you know, that as like a, mm. as a young person with in a within like a bigger sized body that if you'd seen somebody that was kind of a big hulking person that was very strong and muscular and doing weights you know but also has like a belly and stuff like that 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 you could go oh i could be that person like i just thought mm. you know there's football players there's basketball players there's runners and you know etc i always like to look at the all the credits, you know, at the end of movies, especially mm. these days, because there's always little surprises and things at the end. But but I also oh, yeah. love to um, look at just and kind of remind myself of like all the different people that it took to make something happen. And so uh, it's nice to just remember that there's so many different careers out there that you can find. And and uh, it's it would be good to remind kids of that, too. To, like there's just it's not you know, 10 careers. There's just hundreds and hundreds, thousands, I guess. This also reminded me of um, Mythbusters when you were talking about all that stuff, mm -hmm. because um, since I live in the, the East Bay, I actually uh, spend a lot of time in Alameda. And a lot of the things that those guys did on that show were out on the, um, the base out there in Alameda, near where I got married, actually. So that, that locate those locations where you could see water behind them, and they're um, out on kind of like a big tarmac. That's usually the Alameda uh, naval base. So, yeah. And they always have, you know, their professional guys there <laughs> that are standing there to make sure everything was, was safe. And, and obviously that's really important to make sure that nobody gets hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's dangerous. I mean, you're working with explosives and gunpowder. And yeah, I mean, that's one of the really cool thing, things about Mythbusters that I always really appreciated because they were always about equal parts of don't do this shit at home. You know, we're doing this in a very safe, controlled environment with professionals, very well thought out. But at the end of the day, we are going to blow some shit up at the end of the episode because we know what <laughs> yeah. people want. So, you know, I always appreciated that about them. So that's, that's totally fair. So, yeah, um, Kurt, as you said, hits the reverse, gets them out of the tunnel. And of course, that is a, a pretty hefty bummer. And then we cut to the end of this minute with Dana kind of, I don't, you know, I was trying to struggle with what to call that movement. I was right. like half jogging because it's like jogging sounds like exercise to me. I'm like. Because she's not really skipping down the <laughs> the hill. Uh, there's a right. little decline for that little road. And I was like, half jog? That works. I don't know. Half jog. Um, <laughs> moving briskly. A, a brisk half jogging movement uh, upon the slight decline of the tunnel road. And so both Dana and Holden and Kurt are checking out the ravine and, and you know, ugh, trying to figure out how they're going to get out. And so Kurt is like, no, 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 no fucking way. So he's definitely not feeling particularly inspired nor hopeful in this moment and, and feeling rather bummed out that they didn't quite make it out through the tunnel. Yeah. So. And I think... You know, we're going to talk about this more as the minutes go on for these three minutes, but we're just getting the beginning of the inklings of who this person might be when he ends up, we end up seeing him 
as Thor. You know, he's just starting to show. We'll get mm-hmm. it more in the next couple minutes. But this this person who's in control, making quick decisions, and you know, we're getting a, a few good shots of him in in some good action. You know, so it's just it's fun to think about mm-hmm. this. And I actually just watched uh, Ragnarok last night. <laughs> so fun, such mm-hmm. a good laugh, and so you know, so many great things to enjoy in that movie. And uh, you know, but it was just kind of fun to see because, like, go, oh my god, I see Chris Hemsworth now, like every day because I'm looking at minutes from this movie, <laughs> or you know, researching stuff, or just you know, looking at stuff. And then obviously he's. He's a big movie star, so I see him when I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all that. We follow him, and you know, I occasionally retweet what he's up to and stuff. and And he's just a fun, good natured person, and uh, so it, it is. It's kind of uh, nice to just spend this time with with the you know the early years of uh, mm-hmm. pre Thor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we watched the first remake of star trek uh-huh and so he has uh, a brief but important role in the beginning of that movie and and, and i saw with my husband and he was like oh my god that's right like chris hemsworth is in this i'm like yeah that's right he plays george kirk and he has this wonderful i mean i don't even know if it's a cameo because he i mean he's he's a legit character but just this brief powerful moment and i was kind of hormonal and I totally cried because <laughs> I, I just I you know sometimes sometimes it just gets you but yeah it was a it's an intense it's an intense beginning first one's a legit flick but that's funny that we both ended up taking a little tour of of pre-Thor although you did like current Thor as well with oh yeah his, his new fly haircut yeah Taika's new new haircut that uh, <laughs> yeah. worked on together so <laughs> <laughs> I believe the haircut was a collaboration, as I understand it, from the well, the PR stuff that came job. out. So they did. So, was there anything else that you wanted to add at the end um, of this? No, I would. The only thing I was going to say was that each one of the minutes this week ends very nicely. Like it has a little button on it, you know. So this one we get mm. no, 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 no fucking way. And then the next one will have a little end, and then the next one will have a little end. So I just I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, all. yeah. No, I totally agree. That was one of the things I noticed that too, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> I totally no. That was something that that came up for me too. I was like, oh, this is really these are nice breaks. Yeah, you know. So I I liked the way that the end of each of these three minutes stops they're they're satisfying and and it's also kind of cool to do this all within a week and not have it broken up between two weeks because we get uh tonally a really nice ramp up so this is the the beginning of these guys meaning drew and joss really manipulating us as audience members for for hope and then that will shift so i I won't ruin that but we're we're in a a hopeful put your big girl pants on figure this out kind of moment and and that's where we're at is we're we're disappointed but um they're still fiercely intent on figuring out a new plan new course of action right yeah yeah i think it's it'll be really interesting i look forward to talking about this on with you on wednesday and friday yeah
Yay, yay. So should we should we say <laughs> say goodbye to minute put the minute fifty-eight in the can? Yes, I do number fifty-eight. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. You can always find us at cabinminutecast.com. And uh if you want to check out any of the other movies by minutes podcasts that have been, you know, around for a while or fresh new launched ones, there are always new ones coming out. And you that's you find those at moviesbyminutes.com. That's movies minutes.com <laughs> there's s's in there the middle and at the end um yeah and there's been some great new ones that have have just come out you know our buddy harper the thing minute that one recently wrapped up so by the time this comes out a couple of months will have gone by but we say congratulations to Harper for doing that he did a great job and it really finished off nicely and he even had like a bonus episode at the very end where he got people to to leave uh, him messages and he strung them all together giving their um ideas of what they thought how you know how the movie ends you know what their take on it was so that was cool i didn't call in because i didn't really have anything to add but a lot of the other you know other guests of his did so it was pretty neat so yeah so yeah i think i'm i think i'm about done with with this old minute all right well thank you guys for coming by and listening to us on another monday thank you for listening to episode slash minute 58 and we will see you back at the cabin 